It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. Yo, welcome to Cyclone Insider. We have our friends from the Des Moines Register here, Randy Peterson and Tommy Birch. We are live tonight here at the uh, 2141 1460 KXNO studio talking pro day and whatever else these boys from Des Moines Register want to chat about. Tommy, what's up? How are you? I'm fantastic. I have never been better than this very moment Hmm. because Randy Peterson is here and he's ready to spit some knowledge at us here tonight on 1460 KXNO. (laughs) I haven't seen you since uh, noon today. (laughs) (laughs) I like pro day. Pro day is fun. You just get to talk around. You just walk around and, and mingle and with people. It's a hang loose thing. I like it. It's I fun. spent more time talking to David Montgomery and Joe Lanning's family and girlfriend than I did Joe Lanning. What Montgomery? That's who I was is there. Montgomery going pro after his junior year? I didn't ask him that. It's he. he we don't know that he's not going to be the the Mike Warren of this team. Oh come on! How do we know that? No. I will, yeah, there's the, no I, way I, that I have. Can you play the fake news sounder, please, Sean? <laughs> you are fake news. Mentioned. I've seen Butler's name mentioned a few times. But, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it was all good. I mean, he was, did you see the shoes he was wearing today, Mike Warren? Bright Mike gold. Warren or David Montgomery? Or David Montgomery. I didn't see Mike Warren. David Montgomery, bright gold. Oh, my gosh, we were talking about that for a while. It's, it's amazing to kind of peek ahead at next year and to think about the talent that, Iowa State could possibly have coming out for the draft from David Montgomery, Akeem Butler, Brian Peavy decided to come back this year. Even a name that's kind of popped up from a lot of people is DeAndre Payne, too, just because of the wow factor of athleticism that he has. So, Did you might call him today? No, I didn't. So I went through. I could bounce this off of you guys and see what you think. I went through and I named the top five pro prospects on the roster on like this next team's roster, but then I took it into three tiers and I said this guy will probably get drafted, this guy's got a shot to get drafted, and this guy's a wild card. Who was your, who are your five? Okay, in this order. That's a good. That's a good one. <clears throat> I'll, I'll write that in August or September. And there you go. People won't even remember. People won't even remember it. <laughs> I've got David Montgomery number one. Is the number one pro prospect on the roster. I already disagree, but keep going. I have Hakeem Butler, number two. Okay. I've got Ray Lima, number three. Yep. Jaquan Bailey is number four. And he's going to talk this year, by the way. All right. (laughs) I found that out today. And then I have Brian Peavy at number five. I mean, I'd probably slip up Brian Peavy a little bit more just because... Above Bailey? Yeah. I I, I mean, I may... Time out just for conversation... I'm not. This is not for next year. Yeah, yeah. This is just pro prospects in general. Yeah, I I, I may even put him ahead of Lima just because. I mean, yeah, man, Lima's done some really good things, and people love his body type. But I mean, that's my problem with PV and five nine. But my thing is with Lima, and and this not knock on him. We only have one year of seeing Ray Lima, and man, it was a great year. It's just. He took on two blockers every yeah, play time. I mean, he, there is no doubt that he was the difference in that defense turning it around. Can I him talk to you into Eaton? So he's, 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 far, he's on the list. Yeah. We'll get to him. Uh, what's your disagreement with me, though? On the, would no, you one put, and two. You put Butler above Montgomery? I think I would put Butler as a clear one. Yeah. Okay, 6'6", six, six, 219. That's good-looking wide receiver. I agree with you. With hands. Well, and not only when you building. look at Butler, he's got 
you know, he is kind of like Alan Lazard, but he's got speed, he's got size, and he's got speed. And he catches everything. I would push Montgomery in the sense that guy ran for 1,700 yards and 13 touchdowns behind an offensive line that is CIML worthy the the last two years. The only thing that would worry me about Montgomery is if the offensive line is bad again this season, which I don't think it would be. But at some point, you know, running backs only have so many miles in the tank. He's taken a lot of wear and tear even the season and a half that he's been the starting running back. Another year just sounds drastic. So be the uh, be the decider here. Top pro prospect on the team, Butler or Montgomery, in your opinion? David Pete? Montgomery, okay. I think. I think it's really close. I think it's really close. Um, so then I had, um, again, Jaquan Bailey. I feel like, I mean, he's just a guy you always heard if he ever really got his head on straight how good he could be. And and how do we he, know he doesn't have his head on straight? Well, Except I'm, for that one play. I mean, there's a reason why they don't let us talk to him. What too. is it? What is it? Because <laughs> they don't know what he's going to say. Well, yeah. How do they know what he's not going to say? Or how do they know what he's going to say? I would guess just by us. the, I mean, it's just about trust would be my. Well, well, see, we don't know. Yeah. So, but I've been told that yeah they're gonna he's gonna they're gonna cut him loose this year. He could talk to us. Well, so I know that I did a podcast with with Campbell a couple months ago, and he said after the Texas play, Bailey kind of grew up. Like that was actually a really good moment. He for got. Him. I mean, Campbell just oh, ripped. Just. And, I mean, and I'm I'm not saying that was the difference maker in the game, but man, you felt the momentum early on. You know, massively mm-hmm. changing that game. I, uh, man. So I've got um. So now in the should get drafted category, I've got DeAndre Payne, but I put him right there with PV. I mean, I just think PV's five foot nine frame is really gonna. He reminds me so much of Jeremy Reeves. Remember Jeremy Reeves? Yeah. He was a really good cover corner, an elite athlete. He he stuck around in the NFL for a little bit, but could never really keep it because of his five foot nine frame. And remember that the NFL has has their spec chart that they don't alter from very much. I mean, the center have to has to have mm-hmm. you know he can't have short arms to be the center, and and you know all this stuff. Fingertip the elbow, you've got to have a certain um, it's got to be a certain length before they'll they'll draft you. And they've got that at every position, and Campbell does too. Mm-hmm. Actually, I remember him talking about that during a press conference once. So, if you're five nine defensive back, you might have to be you gotta exceptional. Be, yeah, 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 you. you and his numbers do, but, are analytically, but yeah, I mean, and people was quit. Yeah, 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 but people was quit through. I mean, I would say that's probably the best conference to be able to look at it just based off of all the past heavy teams he's going to face. And but he's going against really tall wide receivers. Exactly. I mean, uh, when you talk about Brian Peavy's short stature and him being an Iowa State cornerback, the first name that pops into my head is Ellis, Ellis Hobbs, yeah. five foot nine. I mean, that guy made a fantastic career, and he wasn't very tall. That's a good point. But you do have to make up for it, and I think Brian Peavy can. DeAndre Payne is just an inch taller than than Brian Peavy might be better athletically too. I think he's a better athlete. Um, he's a little bit. I think he weighs like ten to fifteen pounds less than Peavy, but I think he's got a good shot to get drafted next year. Yeah, he man, he's a fun player to watch, and that's why I think you got to be excited if you're an Iowa State football fan to think about that kind of dynamic duo that they have 
coming back in that secondary with him and you know PV and Payne. Rounding out my list for these guys should get drafted in their careers at Iowa State. Julian Good Jones and Josh Knippel. Julian Good Jones is really interesting because you you probably don't find too many offensive linemen that can literally play all five spots: guard, mm-hmm. uh, center, you know, everything. He can literally do it all, and he's got size. Pete, do you? Uh, he's changing, agree? and they might be changing positions. Really? To where? Um, guard, maybe. Well, Campbell end. was very adamant when we t- when we spoke to him last week about the best five guys will play. Doesn't seem to really care too much about where. I was talking to somebody who knows the offensive line inside and out today, and he said that the Ames High School kid is just knocking their socks off. Colin Newell? Yeah. they oh. knocking their socks off in pressing. Yeah, they actually moved Good Jones the other night in practice uh, yep. to one of the guard spots and had Newell working at center, which kind of... You know, reads into that whole idea. You just want to get the right five guys out there. The difference in the past, you always hear Iowa State coaches say, we want to get the right five guys out there. But the center spot has usually dictated if you're actually able to do that. The fact that they have some versatility in that spot allows them to probably. I think I've heard heard today that he has worked as much at non-center position than he has at center. I'm saying non-center because of other stuff. Yeah, so and they're really high on the Ames kids. So I mean, he built he built up from 250 to 290. Now, I good mean, Jones. So no, or, the Ames oh kid. the Newell. Yeah. Newell. Okay, he's gone from 250 to 290, 295, and still going. So um, yeah, I, I that's what you know makes me think that this offensive line could be pretty good if they're if they're tinkering tinkering with a. Last year, whatever, 13-game starter at center, however many games they played last year. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what makes me think this could be a pretty good game. But but getting back to your point, yeah, at some point in time, if Julian Good-Jones has, has the right specifications, you know, that the NFL has on its board, um, yeah, I would say certainly he'd be – He'd be drafted, and I, I don't know when the last time Iowa State had a drafted offensive lineman. Reggie Stevens? Would it be? Probably. I would think he'd be the last one. Uh, no, Kalechi. Uh, uh, oh, Semele. Kalechi, uh, yeah. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, don't, Stevens, I get confused about how old they were. Yeah, so, yeah Stevens okay. was on that yeah. first Rhodes team. Yeah, that was it. He was yeah. a holdover. Yeah, and then um, Kalechi yeah. played twi- two, two, two years there. At any rate, Iowa State's going to break its, what, 15, 16? 14. 2014, Jeremiah George. Two-year drought, three-year drought of having somebody drafted because we know that Lazard will get drafted. How, how many will get drafted? I think Pete one. and I kind of yeah. disagree on this one. I, I think say, they're going to have two. I, say I would one. say the over-under in Vegas would be one and a half. I would take the over. I think Joel Lanning gets drafted. I say one and, and he goes free agent to the Raiders. <laughs> Gruden. Gruden that's and Lanning, was, it's a perfect I, I was match. all over that today, and that's what I wrote. Yeah. He's going to the Raiders. Uh, Pete, or excuse me, Tommy, uh, why do you think Lanning gets drafted? Did, did he help himself out today in pro day? Yeah, I thought he did fine. I mean, there was nothing, uh, oh my God, crazy about it. I mean, uh, the 40-yard time, I think 4.76, right, Pete? Yeah. Uh, the lifting, I think, was pretty good. The thing about Lanning is... Teams are going to love the idea that you can do so much with him. He is a, uh, 
You know, uh, uh, he's got tons of potential when it comes to special teams. You know, he's got potential when it comes to defense. And right now, he is a practice star, practice squad all star right now, just waiting to be because he can do so much. He's almost a little bit of a, a project because right now, he's probably not going to be somebody that really has a an impact from day one. Probably has to go on, um, you know. The practice squad that oh, I think first year, maybe on special teams. teams. He, yeah. could, he could potentially make a roster there. Yeah, I think Fun he could. as a special teams guy, maybe initially. He he was um, he was interesting. I don't know whether he said it today or his family said it today or somebody said it today. And he, Joe may be coming on with us tonight at some point. Okay. Um, that um, the Raiders talked to him when, when he was playing in the East-West game, North-South, East-West, whatever that game that was, um, and, and asked the same scout – in Fort Lauderdale talked to him that talked that was hanging out with him today that you know would you be interested in 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 uh letting us take a look at you at at um at fullback and Joel of course he said yeah he said yeah but apparently they didn't get to do it very much down there and and so and obviously he got snubbed for the combine so today that's that's why the 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 Raiders scout was the one that asked him if he'd ask him if he would consider um, taking some passes out of the backfield, you know, running half a dozen or a dozen routes at least, um, and then and, and then doing some other fullback type drills. So, and then I, I don't know, maybe you were gone by then. I don't know, Chris, but for at least twenty minutes after everything was over, um, Joel was talking to the Oakland, to the Raiders hmm. scout. Interesting. And, and they were midfield, just the two of them talking. And I, I'm at that point in time, I'm talking to his agent. I'm talking to Kelly on the sidelines, and she was. And I said to her, I said, I said, is that a good thing out there? And she says it's the best thing that could have. Happened. It may have been the best thing that happened to him today was that conversation he had with the Raider scout because, like I said, he got snubbed for the combine, so he didn't get a chance to interview with those. So teams. that was basically an interview. That was basically, you know, and, and we all know how Joel. If it was, in fact, we all know how Joel pulled that one. You know how he did well. What grade he got during that? Yeah. Um, so I, I just thought that whole. Backstory stuff was interesting. I thought it was interesting that that you know Oakland sends a or Las Vegas, I guess. Who are, I don't know who they are. Oakland, I, I Los think, Angeles, Las Vegas. I don't know who they are. Are they? They're still Oakland for one yeah. more year. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they send a scout and specifically request him to run fullback yeah. drills. So th- you, yep. there's some significant there's interest some, if you're going to take your time to do that. But you sure. you also, I mean, I believe it was the same scout called over to to Reggie Wilkerson and wanted to see him go through some stuff. So I mean it's 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 a good sign for landing, but it definitely doesn't mean, oh my God, that's what's definitely going on. No, out. that's why and that's why I say you'd be a yep. free agent. Yeah. But they're getting a look at him at a lot of different places. I mean the good thing when it comes to Joel Landing is he's got such a crazy story that that gets his foot in the door. Everybody is going to want to take a look at him. He's an intriguing option right now. Now he has to just keep making the most of those opportunities when he gets his foot in the door and and show them a reason why they should keep him around. He's more than just a really good story. It drew the attention of his agent, certainly. I, um, I was talking, as I said, I was talking to her and I actually wrote this, um, that she didn't know Joel Lanning, the linebacker, existed until the Iowa State-Oklahoma game. 
she attended the Iowa State Oklahoma game. She attends all the Oklahoma games. She's a Sooner. Mm. So, you know, and then she's watching the game with I don't know. What yeah, who's this people. guy? She, she, yeah, and that's exactly what. Well, yeah, are you reading my story? Yeah, that's exactly what she said. Who's this guy? And she remembered Joe Lanning as a quarterback. But then when she said she said when he sacked Baker at the, towards the end of the game, I had to get down to the down to the field to meet him. And so she went, you know, she's nobody. She's just a fan and maybe, you know, at, at the game. And so she went over to the buses where the Iowa, you know, where the Iowa, the Iowa State parents were waiting over the bus area. And those kids were so excited after winning that game. She said that the players were at the bus, even in the uniforms. You know, usually players go shower and everything. Yeah, yeah. They were in, the, she was in, they were in pads when they went to the bus. And she saw Joel just standing over there by, by himself, waiting for, you know, Dana and Lisa and Jenna and Cassie to get there or whatever. And, um, she walked up and said, hi, I'm Kelly Masters. I'm an OU grad. I'm an OU fan, and congratulations on your great game. And and that was it. That was it. And I said, well, Kelly, did you give him your business card? <laughs> you know, because she was an agent. And she said, no. She just wanted, as a fan, congratulate him as a as a, as a a having a great game. And she thought it was interesting. And then one thing led to another after the season. But nonetheless, yeah, it was Joel Lanning, the linebacker Joel Lanning, the great college football story that got her attention at least and, mm. and you know enabled them to have their relationship that they've got going now that's interesting that's uh that's a really interesting story yeah he uh i think he looked i i will say this about joel landing and the, i didn't scour over his numbers and stuff like i'm sure you guys have he looked good today and i was kind of annoyed he didn't throw a pass but <laughs> he, he but looked look he looked considerably bigger too. he he looked bulked he looked like an nfl player today and like with, you know, that tight shirt on. Yeah, no, that, really that funny, was funny, but like he looked bulked up. Remember when I first walked in there, I was like, oh my god! Like the two people that really stood out on that field were the two guys that you wanted to stand out if you're Iowa State. The two guys that have the best shot of getting drafted. That's Alan Lazar and Joel Lanning. They both made the most of their time. The funny thing is, um, one of Alan Lazar, his his agent was telling me. Usually, the the place that he works out at in Arizona, usually uh, all the guys are out there. They just work out, and then once the combine happens, they go home. They take some time off. They they work out with you know at their team's complex. Mm-hmm. Lazard after the combine stayed out there, kept working out, wanted to perfect his you know three cone drill, all that stuff, stuff that he hadn't done at the combine to get ready for pro day and mm-hmm. just be a little bit more ahead of the game. And now he just now he's back in Iowa, just working out Iowa State, waiting in case any teams come in and want to take a look at him, which is interesting because, um, you know, Randy, you guys were talking about Joel Lanning. I'd heard maybe a couple of weeks ago that teams were – I mean, this was long before pro day – the teams were already calling to try to set up uh, times to come in and work out Joel Lanning at Iowa State. So he, they're both on a ton of people's radars right now. Yeah, um, Lanning's going to be fascinating to watch in the NFL. I, I think he'll have a career. I'm kind of a homer, though. The, um, the rest of my list, gentlemen, and we'll see what you think about it. These are the guys, some of the younger guys, I think are – Legitimate pro guys. Uh, Uwazarike. I'm not even going to say his first name. The the defensive end. Any. 
Yeah, we'll call him any. Uh, 6'6", 288. He'll be a redshirt sophomore. Must stay healthy. Yes, but in well, assuming he does, yeah. he's in, he's incredibly talented. Just off sheer size, yeah. He's a he's got the body type. He's got the talent. He he was big enough that I think I think he was pretty dinged up his true freshman season. That he was one of those guys that like Campbell was contemplating using right he away. Could it was have that played good. opposite of Jaquan Bailey. Yeah, yeah. Um, Two tight ends. I think yeah, Chase yeah, I Allen. I just wrote him down. I just wrote him yeah. down. <laughs> Chase Allen and Dylan um, Soner, I think, are both pro prospects. I'll go with Chase for sure. Soner is a huge, huge man. Like, he could be. 6'7, 271 is what he's listed at. He's so big that they've kind of joked around if he really gains any more weight, he's moving to the offensive line. And that like, happens. He, he they could, play tackle. Ross Kerba. Yeah. Dowling. Who, could, uh, ben Lamock did that. He played a yeah, little bit in the NFL. Those guys have long huh? careers in the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. He could literally play uh, offensive line, tight end, fullback. God, he, he's a big dude. I also have, um, in the will have a shot category, Marcel Spears at linebacker. He's going to have to get bigger. At six foot one, 215 pounds. He's not a NFL body type guy right now, but he's still young enough where he can develop. Um, and then I've got Bryce Meeker. Anytime you're 6'6", 314 pounds, he, like Good Jones, has had to play all over the line during his career. I think, guys, he's a guy who will benefit from having better players around him. I think Meeker's somebody where you can kind of settle in. He's going to be able to develop a lot better. If Okay, you're a guard or you're a tackler, I, probably on the outside at tackle. If he can just focus on something, I think his – Pro potential is much higher. Yeah, but my once again, we've talked about this a lot. My biggest concern when it comes to a guy like that, he was already dinged up last season. He's had to play so much I agree. early on. Look at Jay Campos. Randy can attest this yeah. as much as anybody. That we we saw Jay Campos is having all this um NFL potential. And just the wear and tear that his body went through because he was playing as a redshirt freshman. Everything they went uh, kind of went through physically. Now, when it came to today's pro day, he wasn't on any of our radar. I, and I'm sure that there were teams looking at him. He may get into camp with somebody, but it is nowhere near the NFL potential that I think everybody saw from him early on. You know who a guy we're going to be talking about in three years on this show? Two years, maybe. Who's that? Three years on this show. Guy not even on campus yet, obviously. Brock Purdy. You think so? I, I, I think he's going to be good. Obviously, he's not on just, campus yet. Yeah. But from, from everything you read, from everything you hear, from the people you talk to, this kid's good. This kid is, he's... How tall is he? 6'2". 6'2", okay, so up. he's got, that, that's good. I just looked him up, yeah. I mean, he, uh, he looks shorter than that, but I know. if he's 6'2", yeah, he that's, yeah. that's encouraging. The guy, and I you know I know you're going to get to him on your honorable mention list. And so, yeah, I, 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 probably I have my have, wild cards coming up next. Yeah, I, and I'll, I'll, I think I'll just jump in and mention him. Go Matt Leo. It. He's on my wild yeah, cards list. 6'7", 276, and we obviously none of us have any idea what he can do. But if he can figure it out, just based off of that sheer size, man, he's going to get so many looks. Uh, right beside him, I have Camilo Tongamoa. 
I just wrote him down too. It's about he's got to do those two guys have to show something. Well, that's why I put him on wild cards because we haven't seen him, and I'm not going to put I'm not going to annoy anybody till I see it. You know, they need they don't need a breakout year. They need to just show up this year. And I get it. There are extenuating circumstances. I get that. They need to play this year. I think Tongamoa more than Leo. I mean, he did redshirt and he's barely played the game. Right. Leo's going to be a hard guy to draft though because of his age. Mm-hmm. It's it, yeah, it's a little a point. it's a different it's different story than basketball, but uh, yeah, I mean, but but guys also, don't have his longer careers in the NFL either. So I actually may, it could even help and him. He actually he hasn't been playing football that that no, long, so the I'm wear saying, and tear yeah. of how old he is may not be there. Uh, my other wild cards, I don't think Willie Harvey will be an NFL draft pick because of his size alone. But if he has another really great year like he did last year, you're looking at one. I mean, he wasn't on always the best defenses, but he's been one of the most consistent players we've seen at Iowa State in a long time. Probably the most underrated guy in that defense last season because I think we're always talking about, um, you know, Joel Landing or Marcel Spears. I mean, for the most part, Harvey was usually in the right uh, right spot, just doing a bunch of little stuff and got overlooked. Elsewhere, um, I got your guy here, Matthew Eaton. Uh, another one where, man, body type-wise, you look at him, he looks like a pro. We just haven't really seen a lot of it yet. He's going to get opportunities this year, though, Randy. I agree, and I was going to throw another. What about Kane? He's my last. Yeah, I, got, <laughs> I got two more he left. He be the best one of the bunch. I got two more left after Eaton. Kane's one of them. Yeah. Kane, I mean, I my gosh, this kid's going to do everything this year. I, can't, I cannot wait to see him in the fall. I mean, and he's got to be ready to go early because like we've said a gazillion times on this show, three of the top, three of the first five games are tough games. My last one is Arnold Azuna, the defensive back. He actually has a better body for the NFL than PV and Payne. And he's pressed Payne, I know, for playing time already. This is a guy who after next year we could be really looking at. Yeah, but it's like you said, right now we just haven't seen much of him. I mean, I think we got to see him a bunch in the Liberty Bowl, right? We did. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and he was really good. All the and Lawrence White was real that's his name, right? The yeah. kid who jumped in at safety. They I think I told you guys this last week, when I was when I had the flu a couple weeks ago, I watched the Liberty Bowl and that was the thing that stood out to me, is just like with Everett Edwards and Kamari Cotton Moya out in the secondary, how good those guys looked. Okay. You, I know it's on this list. You do not have any kickers. Who should I put on there? I don't know. May, I mean, maybe Brain Narverson. We've never. He hasn't played I a know, game. I'm just giving you crap. Yeah, I don't know. Did Corey, I leave anyone or, or Corey Dunn, the kid that can kick with both it's legs? It's really hard to get drafted as a punter. Yeah, I know. No, did I leave anybody out? You guys? No, I don't think so. I no. I. You, I mean, there's a lot of much too generous for a team that's only had one. No, I know, but that's why I put them in tiers. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Um, I do think that some of the young offensive line. I mean, it's it's so hard to know how those guys are going to develop and and whatnot. And like Tommy said, injuries. Yeah, but I I think I might start writing this column every year on pro day and just see how it changes. Do you have a spot for coaches? Which is the next coach to jump to the NFL? Mm. That would be Campbell. That would be Campbell. I mean, honestly. <laughs> that would be Campbell. <laughs> who's a better prospect to jump to the NFL than Campbell? On, on the that? staff now? Yeah. Well, I think uh, that Campbell and Shieldhouse. Shieldhouse. Yeah. yeah. 
Is he? Does he Joe, want to be an NFL guy? Sure. Maybe do, yeah. Joe Houston doing something special teams. Maybe. I mean, I would say Campbell Shieldhaus and uh, I just think Joe Campbell, Houston. like getting to know him more. He he's not going to leave Iowa State for. He's not going to pull a Nico. <laughs> he's not going to leave for like a Tennessee like last year. Oh. It's going to be Ohio State, yeah, Michigan blue State, chip program, Notre Dame, or Penn State. It's going to be blue chip program, or he's going to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, like, destination I, I, type job. Yes, or it, it'll be an NFL job. I think. Oh, that, it'd be it'd be have to be a head coaching job. He wouldn't go there as something else, unless correct. he got canned at Iowa State. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming he leaves yeah. on good terms. But Michigan State, Purdue, uh, or Michigan State, Ohio State. Notre Dame, Penn State, that's it as far as the colleges are concerned. What if um, Harbaugh would get canned? (laughs) You did that just to set him up. More Cyclone Insider with Randy Peterson and Tommy Birch when we come back here on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Randy Peterson and Tommy Birch join me as they do every Tuesday for Cyclone Insider. And it's an enjoyable Tuesday. It's always nice to be here around my friends. It's great to have you here too, Randy. <laughs> Feelings mutual. Uh, it'll be baseball season soon. Uh, and Tommy will be probably at Principal Park a lot. Yeah. Yeah. How are the Cubs going to be this year? The I Cubs or yeah, Chicago Cubs? The only Cubs that matter. I, I would say the Iowa Cubs are actually going to be pretty good. Because usually when you don't have a roster full of prospects that are bouncing up and down when you have some r- roster stability with a bunch of veterans, that's when you have your best teams. And the Iowa Cubs have that this year. Tons Ooh. of good pitching. That's good. I don't know anything about it. I, I, there you go. I mean, I like to go down to the games, and I really enjoy it. Cammy loves it. I just I don't know the Probably players. not early on. It's going to be cold. Yeah, no, we don't go until the summer. See, I was See, getting really excited that first series they're hosting Nashville, or uh, second series. I was hoping to see that A.J. Puck kid. I haven't seen him since high school. May not be seeing him for a yeah, while. Yeah, it sounds like you got a rough deal today, a ligament yeah. thing yeah. going on. Getting a second look at it. Yeah, Cammy, I had the problem of the last Cubs game I took her to last year she found that fountain there's no going back from that it's kind of like the big jungle gym too. yeah the inflatables I just, I just know you know because back in the day she'd sit on my lap and kind of watch the game mm-hmm. she found that fountain and oh, i mean i can just sense now walking into the game and she's just being drawn to it that's dangerous down there though, because you get a foul ball off the off the melon yeah, well, Dad's watching. That's got to be a big Dad foul better ball. Be wa- then who are you watching? Her? Or are you watching the ball? It's a great question. It's got to be a. Big, <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> it's got to be a big foul ball to get to get down to the fountain pretty hard though. For a three year old, how old is she? She's three. Okay. Yeah, she's three. So she is to the fountain what you are to the bush light guy when you walk in. Hey, beer, hip, hip. <laughs> Just drawn to the beer guy. Actually, when I go down there, I like to do their craft beer because they got all the nice ones. And that's always nice. These are all things I don't experience. Yeah, you don't get to experience I watch you people from above. You always stop by and say hi. I do. 
You're just begging for a friendly face. I'm just like, oh my god, I'm I'm living vicariously through you guys. Um, spring football but you going don't like on. Bud Light, and that's what I'm sitting down or drinking. They serve rum and cokes down there. Yeah, okay. Spring football. I I got to be at the. I got to be at the one last week to start off with Campbell. I've not been since. Um, I've been reading every everybody stuff. Thanks for the click. Yeah. What have we learned? Start with you, Pete. What's one thing we've learned about spring football? Two words: Kane Nawangwu. The kid is. I don't know. Hungry would be an understating it. Um, he played so well in 2016. He didn't get on the field, if any, last year as an Achilles. It didn't get on the field last year as that Achilles thing. Um, I he's going to return Iowa State to um, having one of the best kickoff return teams. Return teams, yeah, I said that right. In mm-hmm. not only in the Big Twelve, but in the country, they're gonna have to find a position for this kid because he's not gonna be the running back. He's he's got to play though. He's got to play somewhere as a wide receiver, as a slot receiver, as something. He's got to play. Yeah. My question on is, offense. You, it seems like wow. We we know Kenny's gonna handle kickoffs. <laughs> We probably should have asked Matt Campbell by this, and maybe I'm just assuming I know the answer is DeAndre Payne going to handle punt returns? I mean, those are – that's a pretty important question too. I mean, I don't think it's going to be I don't even remember who Kinnae. did it last year. Lazard? Who Lazard did, punt did it a lot last year, yeah. and I think uh, Payne was second on the list. Yeah. So Yeah, I would assume so. I don't think they'll go back there and mess around with it unless they – now, that'd be too much to put Real in there. To do that, maybe, yeah. We've heard so much I mean, about was, Real Mitchell. Was going to say Still something about Johnny Lang. Yeah, but but yeah, I agree with that one too. He because he was back there on kickoffs last year early, and the first, one game he played a kickoff yep. return guy. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that whole running back running back deal. I I, I can't wait to see how that thing it, shakes out. It kind of it kind of sucks for Nwangu in the sense that I think with. Everybody, I think a lot of people are like, okay, we, you know, I think most Iowa State fans are like, okay, David Montgomery, they want to see him kind of take the next step and they just love watching what he can do. I think there is excitement about Kanae coming back, but then I think the unknown of Johnny Lang is what Mm -hmm. makes him probably next in line in terms of what people want to see from the running back spot because can they, they he got came to in look with so many it. headlines we, yeah. we heard so much about about this johnny lang kid um you know yeah it, it you know unfortunately he got hurt but um yeah it, it's just it's just gonna be curious to see how they get all those guys on the on the field but but of those of those well, i gave guys, you guys an idea last week and uh, yeah i i yeah Took that under advice. You were, you have not been hired as the offensive coordinator. I have not. But I have they not been hired as the offensive coordinator. But they have not given the title to anybody officially yet. No, officially. Um, and I told them, I go, I don't have an agent. You don't need to work through that. You just it's two guys sitting here. We're going to come to a common. Thought all radio guys had agents. Not me. Old school. <laughs> I represent myself, baby. Um. No, in all seriousness, um, the running back problem is such a sweet problem to have. Yeah, it's it's, I mean, it's, it's great. cool. I mean, Iowa State could it's well have its back to back thousand yard rushers for the first time in a long time. Kane will be the first running back in 
maybe I haven't looked this up, but I'm guessing ever that's caught passes for 800 yards and and rush for 800 yards in the same season. I mean, it, it's it's what this offense can do is is off the charts. And y'all y'all keep talking about how how um, you know how how Zeb has got the has got the cannon thing. Well, just get the ball to the guys. Let the guys make the plays, and they they've got the potential to do it. Eaton. Can I, as long as they have a line, yeah. But if they're talking about if they're talking today about moving, moving um, um, Julian Goodjones off the ball to to one of the other positions, I think that that's a pretty good sign that they that they're excited about. Yeah, but about having a good offensive line. The good thing when it comes to that is that's really not too big of a drastic change with Good Jones because no, but with the kid that's moving into center, yeah, because Good Jones. You know, I think last year was the first year at center for right. him, right? Well, yeah. But with, but with the kid, but with with the kid being good enough yeah. to push the starting center off uh, the ball, yeah. that's that's what I'm getting at. So, there. and it, yeah, if you're going to start anywhere on the line, I almost think center is the best spot. I do too. If, if you're a freshman, all you got to do is know how to count one, two, three. The blocking uh, 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 isn't nearly as. Yeah. And it'd be a lot easier if they got under the just, under the center. I don't know, man. I got some bad memories of guys playing at a really young age during the Rhodes era. On the line? Yeah. As in two words, Jake Campos? Yeah, and then they... Ask him about it. And they're burnt out. tell you about it. it. I know. That's what I'm saying. I Ask mean, him how that Baylor game went. We could list out... I bet we could come up with five guys among the three of us who got... Uh, who, Burton? Yeah. Remember, he was a pro. Daniel he didn't Burton even was a pro. finish his career. No, he just got yeah. the hell out yeah. of there. He didn't even want to play anymore. Yeah. I mean... And I do worry about Meeker and all the reps he's had to take, and Good Jones and all the reps he's. Sean, the good thing Foster, now, uh, the, Foster. yeah, yeah and, and the, uh, there's the, another pro for you, by the way. And, yeah, and he, pro- yeah, he's a wild card. Yeah. yeah, I should have put him on there. The good thing about these offensive lines right now, these guys having to play so young, as opposed to the Paul Rhodes era, is right now you are starting to build up a tremendous amount of depth where. You don't need those bodies for as many snaps. You probably can, you know, take some mileage off some of those guys where, yeah, you look back at Campos who got thrown into the deep end. He's having to play every single snap of his redshirt freshman where now you're seeing some of these young guys, yeah, they are having to play as redshirt freshmen, but not under the same stress and the same type of workload Correct. that those guys are. And, and just, they've got a better relationship with their offensive line coach. And there's too. just better just, people around. There's better players around him. Exactly. To me, that's why I think I think Meeker is a guy who he was never a, an elite talent. He was just a big body. And I think now that he has like legitimate Big 12 offensive linemen around him, he'll be able to flourish cuz he's it's the old um Jeremiah George thing when you took who was the who was AJ the old, or not? No, oh, oh, who was the old um um corner I don't even remember because it was so long ago but remember once that corner was gone because he kept having injuries Jeremiah would be terrible and we're like well why does that it because Jeremiah thought he had to cover everything yeah you know like Jeremiah just starts overthinking the game because he's trying to cover every aspect of the field which one man simply can't do and I think Meeker now that he's not gonna have to worry about you know JP Filbert missing something next to him Sorry. Name out of the past. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Yeah. I just think that he's going to be able to focus more on what he's doing. I think he can be better for it. Absolutely. 
Yeah, my I mean, there's not. Analysis. I mean, it, it's funny you brought that up because Marcel Spears said that was probably one of his biggest issues early on in last season and during trust. his his first season is trust in yeah. everybody else. He always felt like he had to go out and make the play. Well, once you have a guy like Joel Winning in there, you have a lot more faith and a tremendous amount of trust in that guy that he's going to do his job and you'll have to do everything for him. Hey, can I just interrupt real quick? Absolutely. Did anybody talk to Jacob Park today? I saw him walking around. I did not talk to him. I, I heard I, Jacob. I, I yeah. said <laughs> we said what's up to each other, and that was about it. I, I didn't. I didn't, get, I, heard, I didn't even get a sup. I heard he was um, not doing interviews, and he walked by. We hey, what's up? And that I didn't was even it. get a sup. Yeah, I didn't I, even get one. I thought it was interesting. He was there though. I know he's on good terms with a lot of his old teammates. Oh, and he's, he's not seen, on good terms with some of them, too. Yeah. And some of the coaches as well. I mean, after he went on the record with you and blew him up like he did. And I think a lot of fans took offense to him saying that he he thought Iowa State fans were not supportive. Yeah, was, you know what? I don't blame a fan for being that way. I also don't blame Jacob but, Park for thinking yeah, that, Yeah, because there's some jerks on Twitter yeah. who probably tweeted at you, and then you... You get a representation of more people than what it actually yeah, is. I think Parks like me in the aspect and like a lot of human beings out there that they remember the you can have a hundred people telling you great things and you remember the one jerk who mm-hmm. told you the bad thing. You know, I, I think we all have those people on Twitter. Oh yeah. That we remember like, man, the name face and handle of that one guy. Mine's on our butt at Randy Pete, <laughs> and but Jake, I I'm sorry, I'm disagreeing. Um, Don't apologize. This is radio. Jacob Park is on Twitter. He knows what the hell it's all about. He knows people hide behind the Twitter to badmouth people. He knows that. If it was, if he was just a first come to 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 the Twitter, then I could get it. But he does Twitter. Give me a break. I'm not cutting him any slack. Pete dropping the hammer. <laughs> well, I mean, my guys, please. Kid out of full scholarship, okay? The kid was starting quarterback for for a, 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 a Power 5 football team, and he blew it. Indeed. I'm, he blew it. We had to take been, a break. It, it would have been interesting <laughs> to see where he would have been at had Iowa State's pro day. It would have been. Uh, Sage told me multiple times he thought that Park had potential as long as he could get his, keep his head on straight. That it was a big if, now, yeah. wasn't it? More Cyclone Insider when we come back here on 1460 KXNO. Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. We wrap things up here tonight. Uh, Tommy, what else do we need to know about spring football? I think they're actually going to use the tight ends. In yeah, that's, I think that they've always wanted to use tight ends. It's just the tight ends haven't been very good, and now they have and, some. And they haven't really had a reason to with so many wide receivers. I mean, when you've got Alan Lazard, you've got Akeem Butler, even Trevor Ryan. I mean, Trevor Ryan had a fantastic 2017 season. When you have as many wide receivers as they do, do you really need the tight ends? This year, I think they need the tight ends. Trevor was so good last year that Deshante wasn't. That was interesting. I thought that was they talked about that a little bit. Yeah, the the, the tight ends. They're gonna. 
I'm sure they'll throw the tight ends more than they have in the past. Um, can't be less. It can't be less. I mean, it could. I yeah, and I didn't even say that to be cynical for a change. But, yeah, you're, it, it can't be less. But uh, um, just – I talked to Golish yesterday and, and, and just about some other stuff, and he's he's really excited about the guys that he's got in that room, and, and as well they should be. So, um, you know, because we talked about the three guys, and they're, they're, they all bring something a little bit different, but, but, but what they bring is, is, um, is toughness, ability to catch, and ability to block. I mean, the interesting guy, we've talked about Chase Allen and Dylan Soner, but, I mean, they really seem to love Cho- Charlie Kohler who is a big, big dude right now. And, I mean, it's going to be hard for him to get playing time right away. But down the road, he could be a really, really fun guy for Iowa State fans to watch. Well, down in the tight tight ends of the field, you know, when they're, when they're down in the, in, the, in the red zone or, let's say, inside the six- or seven-yard line down there, um, you might see two tights. You might see three tights in the game sometimes. So, um, yeah, and I not think- only to block, but they're telling them if they can catch a thing, too. Tight end is, it's a little bit like the, you know, we talk about the three four, in defense where it's, you, there's always a fourth man coming from somewhere you just don't know where, and there's oftentimes we talk about like oh the tight ends don't catch any passes but like last year, oftentimes like Butler was basically running that route or Lazard would be running that route exactly yeah and. Having Butler do that created some massive, massive matchup problems for Iowa State. How would you like to be a middle linebacker guarding Akeem Butler? Not be fun. I wouldn't like to be anybody yeah. guarding Akeem Butler. He's a big dude. He's a first team all. He's a first team all conference guy. You think he will be this year? Yeah. If that quarterback can get him the ball, Zeb will find <laughs> Zeb will find a way. I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying it's not going to be in game number one, two, three, or four. Yeah. Uh, and here we go I, again. I think it'll be. <laughs> See I, last week. I, think I agree game. with you that it will be Kyle Kemp. The point is. You is guys are over. By it. game three, I think Zeb's going to be getting substantial Man, playing That's time. bad for Iowa State. It is bad for Iowa State. I mean, it, if if Zeb can't like just win it, like I, they, they don't want to play musical chairs. Man. I mean, God, they can so still be where they want to be by game three or four and switch to Zeb Nolan. I'm so like maybe not switch. I think Zeb's just going. Zeb may not be the starter by then, but Zeb's going to be getting meaningful snaps. Just fat, I'm just fatigued by multiple quarterbacks. Oh my gosh, every year. the stories. It just every, at some point you're going to put on the rundown here. Quarterback, yeah. How many? How many? How many games will it take? For a quarterback controversy. You'll put that on a rundown this year. Four. They're two and two. We got it. We're game on. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> if they're two and two, we are game on. Heading into they could, heading my into God, TCU. It's March twenty seventh and we're having heading this conversation. Heading into TCU, we are game on. If they're two and two. Isn't that great? What else are we gonna they talk better be about? Two Drake and two. basketball? You, you got them at you got them at nine and three. I they know, better start that's what off I'm that. saying. If they're if they're two and two after after four games, yeah. I mean I who's throw Real Mitchell in there. Who's the Brock next, Purdy. Who's the next Drake coach? Yeah. Um I don't know. I, I that's that's a great question. I I, I Matt Nelson, the, the Marquette assistant. Yeah, I got him and DeVries as the by far the favorites. I don't know about by far, but I well I, yeah. from what I've heard. Yeah. I, I told Ross I threw a couple of Lines out in the water today, and that that came back to me a couple of times. But clearly, there's some names out there. Keep that, your eye on Ed Conroy. Who's that? He's he's from 
Davenport kid, Dubuque, Eastern Iowa kid. Where is he now? God, I can't remember. Um, 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 I can't remember where he is now. Forbes is well, we don't know where he's at. But well, no, I, I, he might be the next head coach. Greg Hire. I'm Greg Hire yeah, at LSU. I've heard Greg Hire. He was a finalist for the Missouri State job. Mm-hmm. So he's he's been sniffing. He's Manson's been at Wichita before. I don't, I'm going to find Ed Conroy. All right. I don't think Lansing's getting it. Later, guys. Ed Conroy's Thanks an for assistant at Minnesota. Assistant at Minnesota. And his boss is going to get fired next year. Boom.